Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Um, how many PVI people are here? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like to. Uh, I like to draw cartoons. Anybody know about the rivalry between O'Connell and Paul VI? Yeah. <laughs> Just curious. I got this idea in my mind. Like I like to draw cartoons, and this is my cartoon idea. Tell me what you think of it. We got two Marines side by side in a foxhole, and you know they. Where are you from? They're shooting away. I'm from I'm, I'm from North Virginia. Really? Me too. What are you, Protestant or Catholic? Catholic. Really? Me too. What, you go to public or private high school? Private. Really? Me too. Where'd you go? O'Connell? Paul VI? Ah! <laughs> I thought it'd be good. Um, so good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, how many of you were just a mass upstairs? I've got to tell you, I was really impressed. I was really, really impressed. You know what was most impressive? When mass was over, there wasn't this mass exodus of people. That's what I'm used to. But you stayed back and you prayed. And you gave thanks to God for what you just got finished receiving. And I thought to myself, if that's the future of the church, the future's looking pretty bright. So, kudos to Father Peter. Kudos to all your student leaders. I think you're doing a good job here. Yay! Now, my subject matter for this evening is the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, Catherine said, we haven't had a lot of talks about the Blessed Mother. And so I thought to myself, Blessed Virgin Mary is a tough subject to talk about. One of the reasons why it's tough to talk about is because she comes under attack a lot for different things Catholics believe about Mary. And a lot of times, when people talk about the Blessed Virgin Mary, the entire talk is refuting attacks. People will say, uh, you know, uh, she's mother of God. how How can God have a mother? Well, there's a whole talk on that. Or she's assumed into heaven. Where's that in the Bible? Well, there's a whole talk on that. Uh, universal motherhood, mother of all of us. How do you figure that one out? Well, there's a whole talk about that. And by the time you're done with all these explanations, you can be left with the impression that once you've got these academic subjects covered, you got the Blessed Virgin Mary covered. And that doesn't even, doesn't even scratch the surface. Another reason why Blessed Mother is hard to talk about. I can't explain the love of a mother. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, thank God we all have a mother. Someone who loves us no matter what. Who thinks, we're the, who thinks that we're great. You know, and we're not. But they still think we're great. Thank God. Well, how do you explain the love of a mother? It's very hard to do. It's very hard to do. Now, Blessed Virgin Mary, she's special. She has an extraordinarily special place in God's plan. God could choose his own mother. He's the only one who could do that. He he picked someone very special. Uh, She went up body and soul into heaven at the end of her life. There's only one other person who's done that. Of course, that's Christ. It's all going to you know, happen. There will be a resurrection of the body. But you know, she's special. 
immaculately conceived. That's different. You know, so we don't put her on the same level as God. A lot of people think we do. A lot of people think we worship Mary. Um, but we, but she's she's special. She is the highest creature in the order of grace. Holiness is determined by grace. And nobody is richer in grace than the Blessed Mother. She's even above the angels. People have a hard time embracing that. Sometimes Catholic converts will understand all kinds of things about our faith. We'll talk to them about the Pope and St. Peter and the apostles and the bishops and all these things. And they'll say, hey, that makes a lot of sense. The last thing a lot of people embrace is the Blessed Mother. Because it's kind of beyond reason. And, and, and if I could say just one thing, just preliminarily, before I say anything else, she's your best friend. I mean, you've got a friend in a high place. When you're at the end of your rope, and you've got nowhere else to turn, remember someone once told you, you've got a friend in a high place. She comes through in ways that would make your jaw drop. Let me scandalize you. Let me tell you a way she came through for me once, okay? High school, Bishop O'Connell, <laughs> there's this uh, prayer we say at the, uh, at the beginning of every class, freshman year, uh, the Memorare. Remember, most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, sought your intercession, was left unaided. Those words clicked around in my mind. So one day, uh, make a long story short, I decided to get, I decided to cheat on a test and got caught, red-handed, stupid, stupid kid. I, I erased the answer and then penciled in the right answer. And you know, after the teacher had given out the answers, and the teacher was like, "Did you just erase that answer and pencil in the right answer?" I said, "No." <laughs> So away I go to the principal's office. Well, on my way to the principal's office, I say that memorare. Blessed Mother, get me out of this one. And I'll never cheat again. Hand to God. I'll never do it again. You know the end of the story. And you know the Blessed Mother does stuff like that. It scandalizes theologians. I'm telling you, it makes no sense. It's beyond sense. It's not irrational. It's super rational. Just remember... When the chips are down, you've got a friend in a high place. Now, the talk is about the Blessed Mother and Christian maturity. Here's what I meant to say by that. To become a fully mature Christian, everything that God intends you to be, you've got to follow His plan in everything. And He could have given us the Redeemer any way He wanted he could have formed him out of the ground like Adam. Could have, you know, made him drop down out of the sky in a flaming chariot, you know, reverse of Elijah, or whatever he wanted to do. He chose to give us Christ through Mary. One my plan is the plan of the Heavenly Father. And you know one thing about the Heavenly Father's plans? They don't change. That's still the way Christ comes to us. And if you want to be fully mature, 
as a Christian, you want to fully become who you're made to be, remember, you've got to have the Blessed Mother as a part of your life. Little things. A little prayer here and there, a little turning to her, love for the Hail Mary, love for a little Marian prayer here and there. Can I read you one of my favorites? I love this prayer. Listen to this. Holy Mary, Mother of God, preserve in me the heart of a child, pure and clean like spring water, a simple heart that does not remain absorbed in its own sadness, a loving heart that freely gives with compassion, a faithful and generous heart that neither forgets any good nor feels bitterness for any evil. Give me a humble heart that loves without asking to be loved in return, happy to lose itself in the heart of others, sacrificing itself in front of your divine Son, a great and unconquerable heart which no ingratitude can close and no indifference can tire, a heart tormented by the glory of Christ, pierced by His love with a wound that will not heal until heaven. Find some of your own, but let her be part of your life. Now, there's a couple things the Blessed Mother teaches us, okay? And I would like to share these with you. First thing the Blessed Mother teaches us is what it means to receive what God has to give. Second thing the Blessed Mother teaches us is how to be docile. Okay, well, let's take, take, a look, take a look at each of these. She teaches us how to receive what God has to give. And this is largely best symbolized by the fact that she's the Virgin Mary. Talk about the virginity of the Blessed Mother. You raise a subject that kind of makes people squirm in their seats. You don't hear a whole lot about virginity. Why do we make such a big deal of this? It's always Holy Mary, ever-Virgin. Ever-Virgin Mary. Virginity isn't something that's, that's easily understood. People think of it as a negative thing. They think of it as a privation. Something that is sour, like uh, little green apples. No warmth. Um, nothing positive about it at all. That's not the tradition of our faith. As you know, down through the centuries, virginity has always been honored in the Catholic Church. Why is that? Does it mean there's something bad with marriage? Of course not. Marriage is a sacrament. Virginity isn't a sacrament. Why do we honor it? Tell you why. Because it speaks so clearly about how we relate to God. We are receptive, completely receptive. And we are in need, waiting for God to, 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 to fill us. Now, you can be like that in soul, but when you're like that in soul and in body, that's a complete receptivity. Now, that's emblematic of what the Blessed Mother has to teach us. It's actually a very positive thing. You are an incarnate thirst. Just think about that for a second. You are an incarnate thirst, utterly unfulfilled, wanting to be filled. That's why you're sitting here listening to me right now. Otherwise, you wouldn't need anything. You've got to be pretty desperate to sit here and listen to a priest <laughs> on a Thursday night. You could be doing so many more interesting things. But you are waiting to be filled. And that need 
that need to be filled is ultimately fulfilled in God. There are analogies of it. Marriage is an analogy of it here on earth. But ultimately it's God who lets ourselves be filled. But in, in the only way you can be filled is if you're first emptied. If you're full of whatever you're full of, you're not going to be able to receive anything else. Much like a glass that's already filled with one thing, can't receive something else. It's painful to be empty, ladies and gentlemen. It's painful to be empty. There are three things that they say that every human heart fears. We fear having nobody. We fear being nobody. And we fear having nothing. Do you know we've got three evangelical councils that correspond to each one of those fears? Because what did I just describe? Poverty, chastity, and obedience. Each one of us wants to find fulfillment in anything but God in each of those three areas. And what does Jesus counsel us in the scriptures? Poverty, chastity, and obedience. It's not going to be the same for each person in the world. It's going to be a little bit different depending on your state of life, depending on what you're called to. But everyone who wants to follow Christ is going to follow him in one of those three areas. It's painful to be emptied. But um, if we don't allow ourselves to experience that emptiness, we can't ever be filled. People fill that emptiness with all sorts of things. Plans, details, desires, ambitions, doubts, fears, anxieties, activities, anger, hobbies. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with hobbies, but you know, you can overdo it. I knew a guy who played 500 rounds of golf in a year. Now that's hard to do. I only have 365 days. And I managed to fit in 500 rounds of golf in a year. Now I think to myself, what are you running from? What are you trying to fill? Um, Whenever you see any kind of an excess, in any way, it could be an excess of activity, it could be an excess of... um, uh, an excess in in, in any any one area, workaholism... Uh, relaxaholism, all kinds of aholisms. You got to ask, what? What are you? What are you running from? There's something. There's an emptiness that you're trying to fill with something else. And here's an interesting meditation for you. This is all on the subject of the Blessed Mother and her virginity. <clears throat> Think about this. With all the gadgets that we have in our world today, cell phones, cars, microwave ovens, satellite television, everything. Think about what life was like a hundred years ago. We should be the most leisurely society that ever existed. With all our free time. Your great-great-grandmother had to clean her clothes on a running board. But she had more quality free time than you do. You ever wondered why that is? It's on the same subject of what I'm talking about. Blaise Pascal in his Ponsets, talked about that. He said, not didn't talk about you know, microwave ovens, but he talked about this, the, the subject. He said, it's because we choose to fill our lives with clutter. It's easier than facing the emptiness. Now, it takes courage to face that emptiness. You've got to face that emptiness on your knees. You've got to take it to prayer. You've got to ask God to fill that emptiness. This is what the Blessed Mother teaches us. She is, first and foremost... The Virgin Mary. And she teaches us how to clear out all the clutter. 
being mother of God, that was, wasn't part of her plan. That was a complete surprise. She was there cleaning the home, doing what God asked of her. You might want to ask, uh, how do I clean out the clutter? How do I open my life up to be ready, like the Blessed Mother, to receive whatever God has to send me? Mother's most important thing is just be about your business, about what God is asking you to do. It's great being in college because you get to sit and learn. You get to sit and take classes and by the time college is over, you don't want to leave. At least I didn't. Um, You can't wait to get back to school, just to get back into that environment. But there's a work to be done. There's a fidelity to your tasks. That's the first and most important thing. Some people think, mistakenly, that their spiritual life uh, consists exclusively in pious activities. Mass, prayer, spiritual reading, devotions. These things are good, but they have their place. The first and most important duty we all have is to be about what God is calling us to be about. Like the Blessed Mother when the uh, angel Gabriel appeared. What was she doing? She was probably sweeping the floor. Just being about what God was asking her to be about. And that's one of the greatest ways to simplify. To be open to what God has to send. The spiritual life really is lived no other way. Just by, just by, by, by being about what God wants us to be about. And be aware Whenever you try to, oh, if you ever discover any excesses in yourself, or if other people discover excesses in yourself, it's a very good sign that there's an emptiness that you're trying to fill. And God wants to fill that emptiness. Blessed Mother was completely receptive. She's completely virginal, body and soul. And if we are to receive the great gift that God wants to give us, we have to do the same thing. Second thing. Blessed Mother was trusting and docile. Think about this. She was not asked to do something when that angel appeared to her. She was asked to let something happen to her. She wasn't asked to renounce anything. She was asked to receive something. And this is one of my favorite little... Think about this. Nobody knew it when this happened. Nobody reported it. Nobody praised it. The greatest event in history, the incarnation of Christ, the the, the long-awaited for Messiah, was a secret between two lovers. That's just so much like God. God and his spouse, the Blessed Mother. And she received what God had to give her. And it's extraordinary when you think, think, think about this, And her receptivity, all of heaven and earth hung in the balance, St. Ambrose said, waiting for her response. Theologians can spin esoteric theories ad nauseam about what would have happened if she'd said no, but I can tell you this, it it would have been a problem. There's only one immaculate conception. Think about what God might be asking of you. Because in an analogous way, Every time we say yes to what God wants to give us, the word becomes flesh all over again. There's a mission that you have to accomplish that won't be accomplished unless you do it. God won't send it to anybody else. It's you or nobody. Sometimes I like to think, don't ever be discouraged 
from doing the good that... Don't ever be discouraged because of what you can't do from doing the good that you can do. Go ahead and offer God that mustard seed. Go ahead and offer Him that, that, those, those, those loaves and those fish. See what He does with it. Blessed Mother, she probably, didn't, she, she probably didn't have any idea how big a task was being handed to her. It probably is something that became clearer as the, as the years rolled on. But if she'd said no, there wouldn't have been a Jesus. We know that much. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's really extraordinary. God did ask one thing of her, though. And he asks the same thing of you. He asks for an unconditional yes. It's not easy to do. No conditions, no reservations, no qualifications. You get the message, and you say, Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. You say, Let it be done unto me according to your word. And he does the rest. It's not easy for people to do. And you know, this is a, an interesting point. The later you get in life, the harder it is to start saying yes to God. The world sinks deep roots into our soul. Um, by the time most people are in uh, early adulthood, the world and its values have already got a grip around them. And they begin paralyzed by, by fear. Fear of you know, those three things that I said. Fear of the emptiness. Fear of the receptivity. And what do people usually trust in? Money. And, and, and if you say anything else, you're supposed to trust in God, people think you're insane. We've been told that money is our salvation. Um, it's, it's a lesson that's taught from the earliest age. Trusting, trust in almighty dollar. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we say in, 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 God we, in God we trust on the dollar. No, we don't. <laughs> it's, I think we think we trust in the dollar more than we trust in God. I knew a guy once who took a pay cut that worked at the Pentagon to help someone else who couldn't get a raise. They thought he was crazy. I think it's incredibly praiseworthy, but he was ridiculed for it. That's the kind of world we live in. Um, children are told at an early age they need to get somewhere in life and make something of themselves. And here's something you can relate to. Education is often not valued for the truth that it imparts, but rather for the income potential that it imparts. It's really sad, but it's true. There was once a day you know, in which someone would undertake a course of study because they wanted to learn. Not always true anymore. This is radical. And so we have to learn to have this incredible letting go. And the Blessed Mother shows us how to do that. St. Peter, one of my favorite stories from the scriptures, he walks on the sea when he sees the face of Christ. Think about how much courage it would have taken to do that. Would you have gotten out of the boat? Jesus is there on the storm? Okay, Jesus, I've seen you do some amazing things. I don't doubt that you can walk on water, but you want me to go where? You want me, you want me out of the boat? Would you have gotten out of the boat? I'd like to think I would have. I think it takes a lot more courage to leave behind the false securities that we cling to and walk out in trust and faith on top of the stormy culture that surrounds us. And here's why we're like the Blessed Mother. It wouldn't be so difficult if we could see him, but Jesus is hidden. He makes these promises, and you can see the price right up front, but you can't necessarily see the payoff. Blessed Mother said yes before she could see Jesus. She didn't know what she was getting into. She's an incredible example for us when you think about that. You take it one step at a time. Clearly marked. What did Jesus tell us? If you want to save your life, be ready to lose it. 
if you lose if you, if you lose your life for his sake that's when you'll save it he says to the, the rich young man he says to the rich young man there's only one thing you're lacking go and sell what you have and give to the poor and then you'll have treasure in heaven then come follow me what happens to the rich young man walks away sad for his possessions were many he couldn't let go Blessed Mother is such a great example for this teaching us how to let go and a reminder that holiness shows up on God's own terms not on our own terms a lot of people think they'd be heroically holy if only it was in a way that would appeal to them but you know they'll imagine themselves being martyred they'll imagine themselves being thrown into jail or something glorious like that but what about you know putting up with a boring homily Sorry, Father, that's not you. <laughs> what about um, what about someday you know putting up with an impossible boss? How do you know that's, that's part of what God's unveiled for you? If you could have asked me when I was in high school if I would one day be back as the chaplain, I would have said you were nuts, crazy. But it's incredible what God unveils, and our task every step of the way is to imitate the Blessed Mother. She didn't see what she was saying yes to, but her faith was in God and where he was leading. And she said, let it be done unto me according to your word. And think about what God asked of her. That wasn't the beginning. I mean, it wasn't the end. When, when Jesus was, was, was conceived, she had her child, she had, she had her, her, her joy, she had the joy of her heart. Uh, but, but then what? What was asked of, what was asked of her? She makes Jesus present. She brings him into the world, but for what? To let him go. Probably the saddest unrecorded event in all the scriptures was the day that Jesus turned to Mary in that home in Nazareth and said, Mother, I have to be about my father's business. And he walked away. And she knew he was never coming back. She knew from then on it was onto all that the prophet Isaiah had foretold. She gave God what he asked. She gave God what he asked for his purposes. God asked for a body to be wounded. He asked for hands and he asked for feet to be nailed. He asked for flesh to be scourged. He asked for blood to be poured out. He asked for a heart to be broken. Blessed Mother, let it go. She underwent the pain of emptiness to say yes to God's plans. The swaddling clothes, the manger, the Bethlehem scene, this all gave way to the cross. This gave way to the burial bands. She had begun to say yes to what God would ask. But when she said yes, the great transformation occurred. Thank be speed of God, she said yes. Thanks be to God, she trusted. Because if it were not for her trust, we would not be the recipients of God's greatest gift. And when we say yes, let's keep this in mind, a similar thing happens to us. I heard an, an, an analogy once um, of how this life compares to eternity. It's almost like the way a dream compares to reality. We are not, in any way, in our final form. It's been 
said, C.S. Lewis once said this, that if you could see your neighbor in his eternal glorified state, you'd be tempted to fall to the ground and worship him because you might think that it was God. That's where we're headed. And it's like we're statues in a... This is the analogy I love. It's like we're statues in a, in a, in a carpenter's shop and there's this rumor buzzing around that one day we're all going to become real. And it's true. What we're going to become, we are already becoming every time we say yes. Blessed Mother shows us how to do that. She's receptive at the cost of pain. And she perseveres in saying yes to what God has to, to ask. Openness, docility, receptivity, and faith. This is what the Blessed Mother teaches us. How to respond like she responded. Let it be done unto me according to your word. May we go and do the same. God bless you all.